Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today's podcast, I really like to talk a bit, a little bit about what's been going on um, this year because last, last, my last podcast I was chatting about um, a report that I wrote in January 2008 um, you know, during the GFC and what I thought was going to go on with the marketplace and I thought that was quite interesting. I don't know a lot of people have given me some feedback on that going, wow. Uh, and it was interesting going back, and, and I often say to people, you need to go back and look at what happened in the past or what you did in the past, and obviously we learn from our mistakes, which um, a lot of people tend not to do. But uh, I know over the last 18 months or so, we've seen a, a constant flow of news around the market about it being bearish, you know, um, you know, or the market heading for a, a GFD GFC style crash, you know, an economic meltdown, recessions, depressions, deflation, or any other word really you can think of that instills fear or panic in otherwise normal, rational people. Uh, And we're seeing a lot of those words, and we saw a lot of those this time last year and into early this year. Not quite as many um, lately, but still they're there. And if you look at it, you see, you know, videos or you'll see um, articles. Um, a whole range of things. I still keep seeing them, and the interesting is, is, is why are we talking about this when the market is quite bullish um, at this point in time? And we're not overly bullish. We talk about markets crash when after you get rampant speculation, and you know we've only just made a new all-time high. So are we getting rampant speculation, or have we been in rampant speculation? And has the U.S. market um, been subjected to rampant speculation? Don't think so. Now, whilst uh, those of you have been listening to my podcast and watching our YouTube channel for a while, you appreciate, uh, or we've had a lot of comments about people saying that they appreciate our sage voice of calm and reason. Um, But we still do get individuals telling us we must be crazy, amongst other words, thinking that the market's bullish. And and so far to this today, um, as I'm recording this, our market's just made a new all-time high again last week. Our market's up, you know, 20-odd percent this year. The Dow is up 20%. The S&P 500 up 25%. So I think what we've been doing this year and helping people understand the market and helping them keep calm has worked in their favour and they're more profitable. But there are other people who, you know, have done up the opposite and, you know, use fear and, and exited the market and not taken advantage of it. But the interesting thing to me... You know, when these people telling me we're crazy or, hey, you know, the market's going to crash, you know, what planet are you on? You know, everybody, all the experts are saying a crash. And the interesting thing to me is when I ask these same people um, to validate with solid research and facts as to why they are thinking the opposite to me, 
Um, most times I get no response, and at other times I get all manner of economic data or economic and fundamental data that they've read in some report that quite often doesn't have the necessarily weight in my book to determine, say, well, the market's going to crash or the market's going to do X and Y. Because the interesting thing is, and what people don't realise, and most people don't realise, that you know the, Australian, the US market crashed, had a 1929 crash, so did the Australian market. But the interesting thing that people don't know is the US market made a low in 1932. Not 29, the market crashed, it had a big one-day fall in 29, but it still kept falling through to 1932. Now, from that point on, it were, you're in, in a depression, and a depression is one of the worst places to be um, in terms of economically, and yet the US market rose quite well, because the end of the day is when the markets, when there's no, there's no competition for buying shares... What you're seeing is that, no, if there's people that are worried about their money, they're worried about their job, they're worried about all sorts of things, they're not going out there doing certain things. And so everybody that was ever going to sell on the market's already sold. Therefore, there's nobody left to sell. Uh, and then the people that have money will start buying and the market moves up. Um, and that really does make sense when you bring it down to these simple points. So if we did have a recession, whilst we may get a bit of a dip in our marketplace, people that are panicking and people that would have panicked over the last 12 months, 18 months with all this bearish news, they're already sold. They're already out or they're not in the market or they haven't gone into the market in any great depth. So again, when you're looking at a market crash... What happens? It washes out the sellers, and then the market goes bullish from there. And you know, last week we were talking about, um, you know, as I said, what happened during the GFC. But I did a, a, a recording only a week or two weeks ago, I think it was, um, on my YouTube channel, talking about well, what happens in the marketplace after the low, and in the first twelve months after a low, statistically, the market rises thirty percent. So what do you got to worry about? Um, but it is interesting to me now. To me, these people that read these reports, as I said, and they spit out this data. To me, the people that read these reports and they spit out this all this sort of data about what's going on, they really take it out of context or they get far emotional about it. They all get very, very emotional about it. And we need to understand that the market doesn't lie. It just really doesn't. The stock market is a leading indicator of the economy, and I'll keep telling that to people. It's a leading indicator of the economy, not a lagging indicator. So when the market is bullish, it's saying that the market or the underlying economic data will turn around, and often you get the worst economic data while the market starts going bullish, and then the economic data will slowly change. And we've seen a little bit about that on the US market over recent months we've got better employment figures in the u.s got consumer spendings up a little bit consumer confidence is up in the u.s not strongly but it's better than what it was six to twelve months ago so we need to understand that the market doesn't lie it is what it is now the only unknown is you the investor or trader and where you get your information and how you distill it and what you do with it this is intrinsically where many investors meet their downfall and those uh, and those who are knowledgeable about the market make great returns. Now we've had several times or we get several times each month each month with somebody saying to us that they're selling their shares or doing something else as if you're in the market right now. And as you know, I constantly advise people that the market is nothing to fear if you have some rules. And I'll continually say that. Why would you fear the market? 
it's nothing to fear the stock market and again my video i think on the youtube channel only a couple of weeks ago proved to people you don't need to be worried about the market you just have some basic rules around things and you'll protect your money and you'll make a lot more money now the defining moment for all of us is that if you're fearing the market and what it might do then I suggest your knowledge and understanding of the market is nowhere near a level where it needs to be. So if you're investing in that in a stock market and you're fearing it, then why are you there? Uh, and that's really, and might, might be hard words for most people to hear, but again, why are you in a market where you're fearing it? Whereas knowledge is the enemy of fear. If you gain knowledge, then you won't fear it. And most people are fearing even getting the knowledge for some reason. I'm not sure what that is. Um, but there are two emotions that cause people to make emotional and rational decisions uh, that cost them money. And these are around the stock market and investing. The first is they act on fear and that causes them not only to act uh, and get into the market or do other things that will make the money or not. So what the not act, I mean, so <laughs> I meant to say that the first is they act on fear, which causes them to not act into the market or other things so they don't buy shares or they don't go and buy an investment property or they don't go and um, do education that will help them make the money that they desire to make so they choose not to act through fear of losing um, but then what they also do is they exit the market for fear of losing so in both cases they fear losing uh, and it's really interesting when you talk to people about our courses a lot of people go oh yeah i can't afford to spend the money on your course but then you find out later on that they've got a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio that they're making five percent on and immediately just straight away starting to do our course that'll turn around and they'll easily double that kind of return if not triple that kind of return or quadruple that kind of return so they can't afford not to do the course but in reality they can't not afford to do the course because it's constant uh, that we meet people that come to us and finally do our course and then they, all of a sudden they say, wow, my returns have just changed right around. But they're fearing, they fear not doing the, fear doing the course because it, it requires them to invest some time and some resources and some money into the course so that they get their results. But make, not making a decision to do it is actually costing them more money than they ever figure out. But they also exit the market. That's what I'm saying is we've had a lot of people... You know, emailing and saying, I'm getting out of the market, I'm putting my money into gold or I'm putting it somewhere else. And yet the market's going up. Interesting. Um, the other factor is FOMO or fear of missing out. And again, this really does lead investors down the wrong path as they buy at the top and sell at the bottom. And we see that again a lot where you see people asking us questions about things like AT Milk or Bellamy's or some other stock that's gone through the roof. But they've, they're asking us after it's gone through the roof and then they're asking us about stocks that are falling through the floor, saying, should they continue to hold, or when's it going to turn around, and when's it going to do this? So we know that on mass, most people buy at the top and sell at the bottom, where you should be really doing the absolute opposite. Now, Buffett talks about buying doom, selling boom, yet I find most people don't do that. Um, Buffett also talks about buy something you would want to hold for the rest of your life. And some people take that out of context, I believe, is... You buy something that's economically and fundamentally sound that looks like it's going to rise up for a long period of time. That's really what he's saying. But he's also somebody that does sell, and people don't think Buffett ever sells. He does. doesn't sell often, but he still does sell. Because the economic, if an economics change on a company that makes it a really bad company, he's not going to hang on to it while it keeps falling away in large uh, or 
has large falls. He's not going to hang on to companies to do that. So what can you do? So the first one, I really want to give you some steps about what you can do. And the first one is to find what the worst that could happen if you do or not do something. And people don't think about that. So if I do the wealth within cause, well, what could happen if I do that? What's the worst that could happen if I do that? Jeez, what's the worst? Ooh, maybe I could double the returns I'm getting out. That might be the worst. Is that benefit a benefit to you? And it doesn't make doing the course worthwhile. If I invest in the stock market, now what's the worst could happen? If I do nothing, what's the worst that can happen? So look at it. I mean, you write this down on a spreadsheet and you can say, well, what is the worst? And I know in the past I've sort of said to people, you should do the Benjamin Franklin thing, and that is have you know a piece of paper split down the middle and you know have fours and against, um, and write down all the fours for investing or the fours for doing a course, versus the negatives of investing and or negatives of doing the course. Um, and when the the positives outweigh the negatives, then you know you need to do something. Um, but again, a lot of people still don't because of fear. Second thing I'd like to say is what could you do if you made the wrong decision. Okay, so what could you do to fix it if you made the wrong decision? So if I go, okay, I want to get in the stock market now and buy some stocks, but what happens if the market does fall away and crash? What could I do to fix that? And again, I give you the answers in my book. We give you the answers all the time on these podcasts and in our YouTube videos, set stop losses. Uh, and so therefore, there's no downside risk or the sorry, very little downside risk. Can we minimize that? So it's an easy one. Now, the third one is what are the benefits for making a decision to do something? And what are the negatives of doing something? So that's sort of that Benjamin Franklin close that I was talking about, the Benjamin Franklin um, <clears throat> scenario where you're falls and against there the next one was if the market started crashing today what would you do ask yourself that if the market started crashing today let's say you got home from work today and the news says market stock market meltdown it's crashing it's down whatever 100 points or whatever it is what would you do now if you can't answer that or are scared of the market crashing today then it really is a big signal to tell you that you what you need to do um, in order or you need to do what you need to do in order to get things back under control. So how would you do that? And that's really what I'm talking about here is if the market started to crash today, what steps could you take? And you need to think about them beforehand. Now, um, I live in a sort of a semi-rural area and I know, you know, we're in a fire danger area. And but they're constantly telling me, be prepared. If there's a fire coming, you need to do whatever, but you already need to know what you're going to do before the fire gets anywhere near you. That's really what I'm saying is be prepared like the Boy Scouts. What are you going to do if the market crashed today? What would you do and how would you handle it and what steps would you take? The next one is ask yourself, are you fearful of making a decision? But really, why are you fearful of making a decision? You need to really investigate that. Is A lot of people don't make decisions. They procrastinate. Um, and procrastination is the same as not making a decision. I've often said in the past when I've done workshops, you know, from here you've got three choices. Do something, do nothing, or procrastinate. And doing nothing and procrastinating are exactly the same thing. So to me, do something. Uh, but plan that out, whatever that something is. Number six was what being fearful, what is being fearful costing you financially, emotionally and physically? What is it? You know, is it costing you financially? Is it costing you emotionally and physically? Is it stressing you out? Yeah, that's really what you need to know. If you're in the market and it's stressing you out, it will have something to do with your physicality, meaning it'll have a negative effect on your physicality. Uh, what is it emotionally? Are you stressed? I'm just going to have a drink for a second.
my voice is a little croaky this morning. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so what is it? Um, so what is being fearful costing you? You need to think about that. And also, really, what are you waiting for? You know, making decisions is what makes successful people. And the thing is, most people, a lot of people think that successful people make the best decisions and they do make the best decisions, but they make a lot of the worst decisions first. And that's what's the difference between somebody who's successful at the market and successful at business or successful in life is they make decisions. They don't get it right all the time, but then they adjust their sales. If they make a decision and it doesn't work out, they make another one and then they make another one and when you keep making decisions, you're bound to get one right because you're learning from every decision that hasn't worked. But not making a decision is actually holding you back from where you desire to be. So therefore, I'd suggest, why are you waiting? Make some decisions. If you always thought about getting into the stock market and getting into investing or getting into trading, well, get into the stock market, get into trading, get into investing, whatever that is to you. If you've thought about, hey, Dale, I wouldn't mind buying your book, but you haven't yet, then go and buy my book. Do it. Take little steps first, and then start, as you learn from those, take bigger steps and bigger steps and bigger steps. Because you need to start building on that, but not starting means you're going to be very, very slow to achieve the, what you want to do. Because if you don't start, how are you going to get to the end? Now, I've advised those who are new to trading and want to get into trading that should make a decision or decisions of the successful trader. And I'll say that again. I often advise people, those who are new to trading or want to get into trading, that they should make the decisions of a successful trader. Now, what I mean here is how can you make great investments or trading decisions if you're not a great investor or trader? Makes sense, doesn't it? So a lot of people are trying to get into the market and make decisions of great traders or decisions of great investors, but without the knowledge and experience to do so. So they make decisions of average or poor investors and average or poor traders and think they're going to get great results. The other thing I was talking about here is, is if you said to a great trader and you're a beginner, you say, what was the best thing, what was the best thing that you can advise me to do? What decision would you make if you were in my position? That's what I also mean by about making decisions of successful traders or a successful business person. Somebody who's successful will tell you the first step. And the interesting thing is, depends on whether you're awake is whether you'll pick that up or not. And the first thing, when I talk to really great traders and I ask them, what's the first thing that you would advise somebody new to trading to do or new to investing to do? The first thing they say every single time, like 100% of the time, everybody comes back learn what you're doing, get a great education first because they made all the mistakes and it took them longer and it was harder by not having that education too. So, And I can't say it enough. So what are you fearing right now and how are you going to come over that fear? Because the acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real. So what you're fearful of, 99% of the time never never occurs. So now's the time to take action because the market is looking good for 2020 and I'd love you to have a great 2020 and I'd love you to make some good money. But if you're fearful of the market right now, then we need to build that knowledge and education up so that you're not fearful, so that you do take action, so you do get the results. And that's what I'd suggest for you. But uh, hopefully, uh, thanks for listening to the end of this podcast and hopefully you've enjoyed my little chat today or my little um, um, emotional chat if that makes sense uh, you've been listening to hooking wealth i'm dale gillen the chief analyst here at wealth within take care thanks for listening this podcast is brought to you by wealth within a global leader in stock market education for more information on our courses or to listen to more talking wealth podcast head over to wealth 
www.learningcentre.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.